0: Hello and good morning and good afternoon. This is Jeff and John. We're from the other side of the pulpit. I'm Jeff. He's John. He's a preacher's kid and I'm a preacher with kids. And we we get together and we talk about the Bible and current events and how it affects lives and stuff. And, you know, just stuff. So we're going to get started and then we'll get done. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Father, we give you praise for taking care of us. And Lord, we ask you to be with us as we go through this uh, podcast, Lord, that we can... Just be found doing your will, and, and we can spark hope and and, and interest in the, those that might listen to this. Uh, Father, we just give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. All right, Johnny,
1: Mr. Retired Man. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, or just want to send the donation in. Send your money to the address at the bottom of the screen. Yes.
0: That too. <laughs> what raisin wisdom do you have for us today, John? what raisin wisdom, <laughs> yeah, cause you're a
1: raisin now I don't know there boss. It's just uh it, things you think about and things you don't think about you know i i'm I'm still kind of in amazement and kind of questioning what the current state of our religious affairs are now. Uh, you you look at, you look at what the so-called church calls righteous and righteousness and, and what they call the gospel and then you look at what the book actually says and they're two completely different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at all these mega churches and you look at a lot of things that's going on now and it's it's more of a performance or more of a, a, a not necessarily a show, but it's, there's not a lot of sincerity going on. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their own little gimmick. Yep. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I was thinking about that this morning. Um, how... Churches do things to try to spark people to come and like during Super Bowl Sunday they'll have a Super Bowl Sunday party instead of church, instead of a worship service.
1: We had one of those close to our house over there. hmm Uh Fourth of July they had a a couple of years ago they had a celebration and spent ten thousand dollars on fireworks. Yeah. Uh had two monster trucks over there. Yeah. Uh, uh, is, I, I i'm i'm just I, I don't know jeff sometimes you just look around and you question just what's going on
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, of course we know what's going on and 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 now you got them joining in and then on let's you know let's save the universe let's save the you know change the the what what's the new word the uh it's not global warming anymore. It's climate change.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We've got to do what we must do to preserve our planet. Well, the planet's destined to be set on fire.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's quite obvious from mm-hmm. Scripture. It is destined. It was destined from the beginning to be destroyed, mm-hmm. and not destroyed, but refined. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, God even you know, God even states in the Word here that. Fire's going to rain down to heaven and consume the planet. Yep. The elements are going to melt with fervent heat. And what does what does heat do? It refines stuff. Mm-hmm. It burns out the bad, the dross, and 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 brings out the good stuff. And that's mm-hmm. that's what he's talking about. So why are you fighting to save it? And, and I'm not. I'm not. I don't mean it. We should just abuse the planet. We should still be good stewards of it because mm-hmm. we've been. It's been given to us to steward. Mm-hmm. You know, to I look I think after. so too. I agree. But it's it's not been given to us to preserve. Oh, it's been given to us to, to to be here for a certain period of time that God has set forth. I think when you start talking about preserving, though, John,
0: some people might look at. Preserving and taking care of the planet and caring for it is one and the same. It's uh, not, but it's not. It's preserving not. is keeping it to its natural and beginning forms and all that, and, and still using it. Yeah, but we we cannot. We're we're you know we're here in this earth now, and and we've been dealt the cards we're dealing with, and we can't keep it the way it was Mm -hmm. Um, you know and and if if we're going to preserve the earth then we need to quit building all these big skyscraping high rise buildings because you're taking the first thing they do is they take this big weight and they pound it into the ground so that they can pack the dirt even tighter than what God's done naturally yeah and, uh, and you can't tell me that that's not messing things up. Absolutely. Because you do you start doing that, and then now you've got these big skyscrapers up in the air that are using tons of electricity, or I know it's not ton written, but you know what I'm saying, just using all this electricity... To heat and cool and all that, so you you're having to run these big power plants for that, mm-hmm. and then, on top of that, John, you got these things sticking up in the air with with the wind and it's leverage yes it
1: 's leverage
0: i can 't help but think it it surprises me that the rotation of the earth has not changed or altered with all the things we 've done to the earth, and that may be part of what 's causing a lot of. A lot of things is I mean, going on now. You think about this, you know, building uh, building all these lakes and ponds has got to put weight where it doesn't normally have weight.
1: When you move 10,000 million pounds of rocks out of a rock quarry mm-hmm. and put them somewhere else, I, I, I mean, science tells you it's balance. And I'm not talking about this science. Everybody keeps saying, follow the science. What? I'm I'm talking about just the laws of physics, mm-hmm. type science. Mm-hmm. You get you get a rock, and your tire it's gonna throw your tire out of bounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even something on that smaller scale. Oh, uh, you start talk, start talking about putting grains of powder in a a shell casing to make a bullet. You go down to a, to a grain making a difference in how well that bullet performs. Mm-hmm. And then you just you magnify that and amp it up on this scale, and and yeah, God created everything. He put everything in a certain place. He re, he organized it. He 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 distributed it where he wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's the perfect planner. Mm-hmm. He's the architect. Mm-hmm. And and then we come in and get everything out of balance, and then we think that all of a sudden now we're gonna get things back in balance. Mm-hmm. How can corruption? fix corruption mm-hmm you can't you can't oh can't. Uh, I, I don't know I just I look at let's go green well you gonna go green all right well what are you gonna do to get this stuff to go quote-unquote green with where well, you're gonna go in another part of the deep ocean and mine all these chemicals out and all these minerals out what are you gonna do how are you gonna get them out you're gonna mess the ocean up right hmm So what are you doing there? You're destroying the environment. Mm-hmm. You're destroying that part of the environment to make this part of the environment better. Mm-hmm. So-called. Well, then you got all this stuff left over when the battery's used up. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do with all the the, the, the leftover stuff?
0: And Mason told me, and I don't know because I, I don't know but We're gonna recycle it. He said that these these uh Teslas that are out there, electric cars. Mm-hmm. He said, when the batteries go dead, you buy a new Tesla. Mm hmm. You don't.
1: You know where the battery's at, in those things? Under the seat? It's or? the floor pan, the whole underneath floor pan. The The whole, everything under your seat's battery.
0: Really?
1: Everything that, the, that car sits on, that body sits on, is battery. The mm-hmm. battery is completely underneath that car. Yeah, I said, when you finish take it, if you wreck it,
0: you don't fix it. You don't fix it. You take it and you get a new Tesla. Mm hmm.
1: I mean, I I went into a particular automotive manufacturer one time in Doraville, Georgia. I'll give you a hint. Mm -hmm. And Jeff, outside of the building out there, there were probably 40 racks of brand new hoods to go on automobiles. They were primed. Just sitting outside. I said, like, what are y'all gonna do with them? The guy said, we're gonna take the forklift, run the forklift them, and then we're gonna put them in that dumpster and they're gonna send them back for scrap. Well, why are you doing that? And why can't you take those parts and put them in the body shop side to sell them to other people when they wreck the cars? Well, we don't want them to be on the road as a, you know, as a liability factor, because if they take that and put it on the road, then they can blame the manufacturer. Okay. So now you've got these brand new hoods that you're gonna run the forklift through and waste all that resources, all the time and the energy and everything it took to make those things. And you're gonna send them back, do the same thing all over again to make something else out of them. But yet at the same time, you're also gonna have this aftermarket dude who's doing the same thing you're doing right now. He's taking resources and making the same thing. So you're you're actually, you're you're doubling or tripling in a lot of cases the energy that it takes to make that hood for that one particular car. Mm -hmm. And you're doing this over and over and over and over again. Plus the time and the energy that it takes to deliver it there, plus the time and energy it takes to get some dude to go out there on the forklift and do what he does, Plus the time and energy it takes for the, the scrap truck to come over and pick it up and carry it back. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy.
0: But how does that affect our spirituality though, John? How, what do you... I mean, I get it for the, the things we're talking about in the world, but, but how does that bleed over into our spirituality in our churches?
1: We, we try to take things and figure it out and, and, and take our spiritual life and make it intersect with our physical life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Okay, you with me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. We don't know how to do that because mm-hmm. we don't understand that, first off, what we are, spiritual beings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not only are we spiritual beings, that spiritual being is a corrupt being mm-hmm. from the beginning, mm-hmm. from the time plan. Now, see, mm-hmm. we forget that. We don't look at that because we mm-hmm. forget that there is a time plan that was set down before time began. Mm-hmm. And it's got an ending. It's mm-hmm. got a beginning and it's got an ending. Now, where do we fit all this into that? How do we justify in our minds separating all this abuse that we're doing to the planet, all this excess movement and energy that we're expending for nothing, hmm how, how do we translate that back into a spiritual life? Well, we do the same thing in our spiritual life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We, we misappropriate things, and why that is is because we don't have Jesus as the head of our lives. We don't submit to him. We don't give ourselves over to him. We don't go back and lift the tower Babel. Mm-hmm. Same thing went on right there is going on with us right now. We're trying to establish ourselves as the authority and as the one that, that, that determines and dictates how all this stuff is done mm-hmm. and how this life operates, and we can't do it. We're not capable. We can, to a certain degree, function in this, mm-hmm. but we're not the Lord over it. Right. We're just a steward. hmm the, the, the Lord over it determines whether the steward is using what he's been given justly or not. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if the Lord that's over this determines whether the steward is not using his stuff properly, what does he do? Takes it away from him. Mm-hmm. What's happening now? The stuff's being taken away from us. Mm-hmm. And, and in our effort, and in us not submitting ourselves and not acknowledging that, what are we doing? We're making a bigger mess of things because we're trying to correct things that can't be corrected. Correct. correct.
0: All right, go.
1: That we can't correct. Right. Which which all goes back to the confusion that comes about when we try to separate a spiritual life from a physical life and you mm-hmm. can't do it. The spiritual should have the domination. Paul uh, when he wrote the first six, seven chapters of Romans, when he got through the, halfway through the seventh chapter, he started delineating this stuff. He spent the first five chapters showing how corrupt we are as humans. Mm-hmm. He spent the 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 next part of the first six chapters in showing how that how we can be corrected through that. Right. He spent the last part of that showing how it is corrected if we will submit ourselves to that. Yep. Now, where the problem is, we won't submit ourselves. Why? Because of pride. Because it goes back to the garden of what we've been talking about. What's the three things uh, that that caused Eve to fall? Pride of life, pride of...
0: Pride of the eye. No, lessons of the eyes.
1: Pride of life and... I know that's why I said because I was trying to wake it up yeah lust of the flesh lust of the eye and pride of life yes and it's the same thing three things that he tempted Jesus with when he was in the wilderness
0: and it's pretty much the same things we're tempted with every day too Mm
1: -hmm. mm-hmm and the problem we as humans go through the problem that we don't understand the thing that we we refuse is we continue to try to control things and we're just not capable right the only way that we are capable is when we submit ourselves and we surrender our rights and our authority back to the one that gave mm-hmm. it to us. Do you think that?
0: Do you think that that we are going through this as a a group effort kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, um, mob mentality, so to speak? In other words, the you know. Absolutely. You're living your life and then you look around, and you see others that are doing that are claiming to be Christians and they're succeeding in life and all that. And so, you know, instead of holding each other accountable for your failures or encouraging each other, you just kinda merge together and go, Oh, we're just we're doing the best we can. Mm-hmm. We've heard that that, mm-hmm. that we're we're all sinners and we're gonna be sinners no matter what. Mm-hmm. So you know, somewhere along the way, people are going, well, we know we're going to sin, so we might as well just live. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. we know we're Christians, and they've, they've somewhere along the way um, just gotten away from God and the church. Mm-hmm. Gotten away from God. A lot of people gotten away from the church, but mm-hmm. I, I believe with all my heart, if you tore this building down and put up a new building, we'd have, and changed the name. Mm-hmm from Reed's Chapel Baptist Church to anything, Mm -hmm. um, you know. New new creation assembly. Um, Well, um, the original, uh, and I have to go back and look for the exact thing, but I think Reed's Chapel was originally, they were going to make it the Pines on the Hill Baptist Mm -hmm. Church because it was up here with a bunch of pine trees and it was going to be Pines on the Hill Baptist Church. And if you named it that, what they were originally going to name the church, Instead of Reed's Chapel, because Reed's Chapel has been in good and bad in this community over mm-hmm. the last hundred and plus years, um, and changed the building, I believe you'd have a, a change of who. Absolutely. Uh, I believe more people come. Absolutely. I believe you'd have. Absolutely. It would be the new and improved. Absolutely. Right now, this is the old and out oh, of date.
1: That's that's not Reed's Chapel anymore. That's a, you know that's mm-hmm. gone. Now now it's something else. And 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 you see this. You see this. I just saw it in the valley. This church had been there for I don't know how long. Now, guess what? They moved out of that building, they moved into a new building, somebody else has moved into that other building. Now the place is full. Mm -hmm.
0: There's a church in LaGrange, and I'm not sure how full it is, but they they, uh, have changed the way they do things. I don't know. It's like they have,
1: Most nine out of ten churches, Jeff, nine out of ten churches today have changed the way they've done things.
0: And I'm not talking about like like this church, they they said something about this guy's a senior pastor, and he goes, he goes, Yes and no. He goes, I'm the pastor for the senior adults. Mm-hmm. He said, and then so and so is a pastor over the the you know this age group, and then you got your this age pastor and all this. He goes and we're just, we all just, there's no, there's no senior pastor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And associate pastors, we're all the same pastor. Mm-hmm. And so nobody, there was no, somewhere along the way there needed to be a leadership because without the leader, there's some, there's gonna be dispute.
1: I was talking to a guy last night, you brought that up, a guy last night, they have started another church in, in a neighboring town in Alabama. And if you join that church, you become a pastor. Really,
0: <laughs> well, and I like the fact that you got a pastor for senior adults, so that the senior adults can can go and have have their guy to go to and talk to. Because you got to have somebody to relate to. First yes, of all. I mean, truth be told, when I first came to the church, I was thirty four years old. How was I relating to somebody who was in their seventies? Yeah, you know, and so. Well, and see, you find that
1: in life too. Yeah, and this is what you're looking at in society out here, and what you everybody's got their own group. Yeah but they didn't have a they didn't have a a lead
0: pastor mm-hmm. it was whatever the situation was was who was in charge if it was something to do with the middle-aged group the middle-aged pastor who stood up
1: Man, that sounds like politics don't it
0: and uh and um took charge of that situation or took charge of that issue or whatever and so i mean and i don't know that that's the that's the way it kind of yeah, I didn't sit down and ask the guy, but that's kind of the way I took it mm-hmm. because he said there's no senior pastor, and it seemed to be working for him. Um, I was like, who, well, who decides on who preaches? And they may just rotate.
1: You know, scripture says that there is a way that seems right to man. Yeah. It seems right. Mm-hmm. Does that mean it's right? No. Well, you know, it I mean, seems what, right to us to do it the way we're doing it, but is that right? No, not necessarily. And, 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 and the same thing carries over from the church out into the environment and out into the political world and out into everything else we do. The, the thing of it is, is we have not submitted in its history, Jeff. You go back and you look at what God did with the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. They are the example that we look at, that, that we have to go by mm-hmm. of, of what happens when we don't have God's head. Mm-hmm. When we don't submit to that sovereign authority that he is. You go back and you look. What? Why didn't they enter the promised land? Unbelief. Yeah, they didn't have faith. They didn't have faith. Uh, go back and look at when Moses was up on the mountains. What did they do? They started building a, a, a calf uh, yeah, to and, worship. Cause the, and the high priest, the one that was in charge. Was the one that threw the gold into fire and that calf just popped right out mm-hmm. even though he took it with his own hands and fashioned it into that image mm-hmm. it's the same thing it's coming down Jeff same thing's going on now go back to the Tower of Babel why did they do what they do what they did because so, he was trying to get to heaven on their own
0: so is there any way to worship without falling into this trap
1: oh uh, man that's a good question that's a good question. Because Paul Paul says in Corinthians, Paul says, "I I would that I had baptized none of you." Mm-hmm. Because some of you say you're Paul, some of you say you're Apollos, and some of you say you follow Jesus. Well, who do you really follow?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's one of the things. For like, I think it's got to be left up to the individual because. I want to serve God no matter what. Like I mm-hmm. I I want to worship God
1: which comes down to an individual, an individual. <sighs> Did y'all hear it go over?
0: Yeah. Well, but see, I mean like I don't think that everybody falls into the trap of legalistic worship and everybody falls into the trap of of uh, of trying to to bring their life in because I, I, I have a relationship with God mm-hmm. and I love mm-hmm. I love my relationship with God and do I feel like my relationship to God is, with God is perfect? No, but I, I struggle and work with it every day and it's, it's something that I go over and I say, what can I do to be better tomorrow? Because okay. I've already finished the day, you know, and, and to, when I wake up in the morning, it's like, okay, I'm going to do better today. Mm-hmm. And so for but, me... When I'm saying I can't speak for anybody else in the world, and that's why I'm saying it about me. Yeah. For me, um, like, all I can do is what I can do. I can't, I can't witness to anybody that I can't witness to. I, I can only do so much, and um, my job is not to grab them and bring them down to the altar and, and, and make them. Mm-hmm. My, my, mm-hmm. my job is to deliver the message. I understand what Paul says, because I'm sitting there, there's, there is a lot of people that I have baptized mm-hmm. that I want to go back to them and go, look, based on um, your life since you've been baptized, you're, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's several people I'd like to do that to, a mm-hmm. lot of people, and and but it's not my job to do that. It, my job is to deliver the message, that's all I can do. And, all right, is, is that
1: based? Here's the key question. Is that based on your individual determination of what's right and wrong? No. Okay. What well, What do you What do you base that determination? Because I'm, and the
0: reason why I say that is because I'm constantly learning. There's times that I think that I'm doing the right thing, and I realize I could do things differently and better for God. Mm-hmm. And there's things that there's sometimes I'm doing things that I feel like maybe I shouldn't do this because uh, of. And I realize that I need to be doing this because it will glorify God. Does that make sense? So it's, yep, I am yep. constantly learning and growing. So it's not of my own desires of, of what it is. It's, it's, it's really, it's a trying to grow
1: and learn. All right. um, what, what what do you use as your determining factor though, to determine what's that right and that wrong is? A lot of prayer and study. I mean, really, the
0: scripture is. See, so you said the key word right there. But, but, it, and and you and not just and not just reading the verses of scripture. I, I'm gonna give you a good example. I'm preaching today on Psalms 22, one through three, mm-hmm. and it's basically talking. Psalms 22 is really a, 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 what happened with Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. If, you, if you're if you going through a bad day, you can look around and go, okay, God, why are you, why are you questioning, you know, why are you forsaking me? Why are you? And I got to thinking, I said, who are we to say that? Mm-hmm. Who, who are we to say that Jesus was being obedient to God mm-hmm. and he had the weight of the sin of the world on him Which is why he died on the cross. And we teach that the wages of sin is death and and that that death is a separation from God. Mm -hmm. So when he had the weight of the sin of the world on him, he was separated from God, being obedient to God. Mm -hmm. All right. So you understand why he says, why hast thou forsaken me? Mm -hmm. Here we are. We make bad choices. We live in, in a bad situation or we make... Sometimes we make good choices and things just go south. You know, mm-hmm. just it's not, mm-hmm. no no big deal, nothing. And but we're doing the best we can, and we go, "What, my God, my God, why are you forsaking me?" Mm-hmm. And we sit there and have a pity party over mm-hmm. the things that that life has dealt us, and nowhere in the and you look in the scripture. and God does not promise life to be easy and Absolutely, and, and no. that everything's gonna go your way and Absolutely, life is gonna no. be perfect. He promised you that you're gonna have world you're gonna have struggles every day. And which is which so, is
1: contrary to what
0: some what the majority of them now are preaching. So I, I look at this and I go, okay, so we don't need to sit there and go, okay, we're gonna have a pity party. What we need to do is when we when we have a problem come up in our, fo- we need to go to God. And I'm going to tell you this this happened with a conversation I had with a guy this week. Mm-hmm. And he said, We were talking about our kids, and he's got a child that's disabled. And I have two that with disabilities. Mason's disabilities are very mild with his feet, but they get disability mm-hmm. nonetheless. And Bailey's are, are mental disabilities that, that uh, will be with her the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. And she's in, and, uh, Most people don't understand it and don't know it, and that makes it, you know, if if you can see a disability, you know somebody's in a wheelchair, Mm -hmm. Uh, you can, but when you see somebody who's 15 years old, you don't understand why she's acting like she's nine, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you don't understand why she doesn't do, because her mental capacity's different, Mm -hmm. so... But the guy asked me, he said, when did you realize that this was normal and this was okay and this was good? And I said, with Mason, before he left the hospital, when he was born. Mm -hmm. Less than 48 hours. Mm -hmm. He was born, his feet, I saw the top of his head, the bottom of his feet at the same time. Mm -hmm because his feet were so twisted. Mm-hmm. And I had a conversation with God that day. And before he left the hospital, he was good. In fact, a friend of mine's dad had died and I left the hospital after Mason was born, went and got my suit, came back, and the doctor was there to see Mason, he was coming out and he goes, he said, uh, let me tell you about his feet, I said, his feet's okay. And the doctor looked at me and I said, I've had a conversation with God about this, his feet's okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the rest of you. And he just kind of looked at me like he couldn't understand what I was talking about. But I had that understanding because I'd gone to God. See, we get all these problems in our lives and we think, oh, God's forsaken us. And and the truth be told is we're not. Which comes
1: back to what we were talking about, the environment about all this other stuff that's going on. We've got to realize we've got to come to this point where we realize we are not in control of this. Well and, and he's on a time frame. And here's There's the other, a plan.
0: Here's the other thing, John. When I my son plays wheelchair basketball and when he's riding through the airport in his wheelchair, he everybody's going, Look at the handicapped kid. Yeah. But when he gets when he gets to the tournaments, he would look at it people there they would look at us. Mm-hmm because we were not disabled. Mm -hmm. Everybody there had some kind of disability. The majority of the people that walked through those doors had a disability. Mm -hmm. They either walked through or rolled through, and they had a disability. Even the one, I mean, it it just, so when we were in that environment, they would look at us different because, I mean, they didn't, but they could, because we're normal in the eyes of society, but not in that room. And there might have been a thousand athletes, a thousand people there, and probably seven, eight hundred of them were disabled. Yeah. Yeah. And And the, okay, I say all that to say, I don't think you know. My deal is, I, I, I take everything, and I have a relationship with God, and I figure it out between me, and God. I, and it's prayer and Scripture. Mm-hmm. And and if and if nobody else in the world likes it or doesn't like it, it's okay with me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm doing the way I believe I'm doing things right. And I learn and I grow and I develop.
1: And but it's but it's all about it all comes back to this, and we're out of time. Yeah. It all comes back to this. All this stuff that we've been talking about, all the stuff that's going on in history, from the beginning of the time, it goes back to one problem. It's mankind that has not submitted himself to the sovereignty of God.
0: Yes. Mankind hasn't, but people, some individuals have. Yes. And if that wasn't the case, then we would all just give it up already and go on and, and go to hell. Yeah, which the, which, which the the back individuals to... Individuals that have actually received Jesus and, um, and because of that, they live that life according to their love for God, not according
1: to love for the world. And that's what we've been given this book for, It's an instruction manual on how to live that submitted life. Mm-hmm. And how not to look at what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. but to look to the one who is the author and the finisher of our faith and our faith is not going to be finished until we are with him mm-hmm. absolutely and at that point in time our faith then will be finished yes uh, so so when you look around you realize what's going on in the world you realize all this stuff that man's trying to control and thinks he's in control of and it, it boils down to this that we got to realize we're not in control mm-hmm. we're really not because time has come, and time has come, and time has gone, and pretty soon time will be gone, it will be no more. This is true. And there's only one way that you're going to be living in the time that's from after that, which is eternity. Right. And that's to submit ourselves to the sovereignty of God, except what He's done for us on the cross. Mm-hmm and live in that until that time that appointed time that he's got for all of history all of mankind all of this earth all of everything that man's spent so much effort and mm-hmm. time to try to save that he can't save because it's not his it's true alright we're done close us in prayer Johnny. Father thank you for this day Lord I just thank you for the opportunity I thank you for the voice I thank you for the breath we breathe that, that belongs to you that all you have to do is just cut the air off and we'd be done Father, go with us through the rest of the week. Go with us through today. Uh, Keep our hearts and our minds focused on you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.